Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Husky Fan Podcast. That's the name of this podcast, right, Jimmy? <laughs> well, you you tell me, buddy. It's <laughs> all over the map. I know. I'm doing so many podcasts right now, I seriously forget the names. But yes, this is the Husky Fan Podcast, Chest and Jimmy, or Jimmy and Chest. And uh, Jimmy, there's been a lot of activity out there on the Twitter sphere, in the UW Twitter sphere. And a lot of angst. A lot of angst and... You're usually pretty level-headed about these things, so are so you? I, you want my? Uh, you want me to calm everyone down? Tell everyone to re- relax. R e l a x, as our boy A Rod would say. If it's merited. If it's merited. Well, I mean, do you want to talk to talk about uh, Mike Leach and the Coots first? No, I'm joking. Uh, look, you know, there was a lot of um, excitement around Jimmy. Getting the job, you know, after everyone was able to get over the shock of Pete hanging it up as a Husky. And, you know, we can touch back into the last season a little bit if we want to, because now that we've had more time to reflect and then with all of the the changes, obviously, with Eason leaving and uh, Ahmed making Ahmed making the decision to to go pro as well, it's kind of given me even more of a reflection of that season as a whole, but we can get into that. But I mean, in regards to the offensive coordinator drama, so to speak, and how everyone can view it as, you know, taking his time where it's a very negative uh, situation and it's uh, creating a lot of, uh, you know, what, what, what could say uh, concern about Jimmy and making these decisions. Now, granted, there's been a lot of movement already in the NFL ranks. We know about Kellen Moore deciding to stay when we thought that it looked like he was coming to Washington. We've seen coaches change positions, other guys get hired, guys moving up to the NFL, all of those things. So who's left, Jess? That's what we want to Who's available to take the job? And I can tell you right now it's going to be Junior Adams will be our offensive coordinator. Well, there is. I think uh, there there <laughs> is some. Are, I mean, are you being facetious? I am being facetious, though. I will let you continue on that topic. Oh well, there is some chatter out there that uh, you could possibly have T. Martin and Junior Adams be like co-offensive coordinators. I don't know how that would work. I mean, there's still a lot of good names out there. There's the Moorhead guy. There's the guy from Tulane. I think Oregon wants to interview both those guys. Um, what about Helfrich? Helfrich is uh, he's also an option, but who knows? Maybe he's an option for a head, you know, a head opening. Uh, you know, Wazoo is being mentioned, but I mean, I've seen Jim McElwain, uh, even our buddy Jim Mora, floated oh, for Wazoo. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Helfrich. Maybe Helfrich is a candidate for Wazoo. I don't know. Um, but I just, um, but stepping Sorry. away from the Can offense, you imagine. Well, Jim Mora, Washington State. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would end well. But, you know, he would probably get a nice payday. Uh, of course. I mean, <laughs> a great payday, especially with the the TV money. You know, those that job pays well. Right. Well, I think the issue with the OC, like what I've been posting is, at this point, it's reasonable to be concerned about it. I mean, it's reasonable to say let it play out, but at this point, 
it's reasonable to be concerned about it. And the reason I now, say what's that your biggest concern though, like when you say concern, like what, what is the most concerning? Uh, the most concerning is if the reports are true, we've only interviewed two people and that's uh, the guy Lashley who's going to Miami and Kellen Moore. Those are the only two. And the concern is we were dead set on Kellen Moore for a long time that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that we're, we're, you know, we're trying to stay in the Boise network a little bit too much and that it, time will tell what's going on. But the concern is we only interviewed two people. Uh, we're not going to try and make a real big time hire. We're going to just end up with something that looks small time. And well, do you think there's any, any chance that there's been informal interviews or discussions with other people? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've reached out here and there, but I just, I mean, there's concern that we're not, um, that we're not putting it out there, that we're willing to pay a lot of money. Now, there's not that many reports out there, so we don't know for sure what's going on. But it's just, I, I, but that's why I'm saying I think it's reasonable with the offensive coordinator. I think it's reasonable to take either position. That, like, I'm concerned because we've only interviewed two people, and I'm concerned that we're not going to try and go big time enough on this hire, which it looks like Oregon's going to try and do. Uh, more. They're going to try and get Moorhead or the other guy from Tulane. Um, or it's reasonable to think, yeah, you know, there haven't been reports coming out. There's still a lot of people out there. We don't know what's going on. Uh, I'll just wait and see. I'll let it play out and wait and see who Jimmy hires. I'm just saying I think either – it's it's fine to have either opinion. I, I don't think I don't think it's having angst about the OC. It's, it might be a little too soon for that. Now, are you concerned about Jimmy being able to make a decision in this regard? Concerned about him in his you know obviously early role as a head coach? Like what other concerns? Well, obviously they're, they're going to come up with somebody. And you know, shout out to Saxon Saxon. We don't know who the OC is going to be. You're right. We have no clue. <laughs> right. I, I'm I'm concerned because of the other decisions being made. Like, I'm concerned that um, it, it looks like we didn't go that hard after Gerald Alexander or, or Jimmy didn't want him for whatever reason. I'm concerned that um, – Bob Gregory and Keith Bonafa are still on staff. Like I know that there's still time they could be fired. You know, there's still more coaching changes that could be made, but Jimmy, I just, I, I don't know how any reasonable fan would say you have to keep those two coaches. Like I just, well, I, I think, well, there's a couple of things in regards when you say reasonable fan, like there are tears to Husky fans, right? Like, We've seen a deterioration in audience attendance of the stadium. Look, we, they, we know there's a segment of diehards that, like, there's a lot of Husky fans that they couldn't name three coaches beyond the head coach, right? Uh, they, they couldn't tell you five names in a recruiting class. So, I mean, you have, like, your avid fan, a fan that just wants to see – them give a good effort, you know, have a winning season, maybe get a bowl game. So I think you have to preface what fan base that you are, you know, suggesting. Okay, well, just, uh, I mean, 
that point aside, just generally speaking, if we're trying to win a national championship, why are Bob Gregory and Keith Bonifaz still on staff? I mean, did George, I, I don't think Jordan Powell was more deserving of going than those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> you know, I, in, in the working world, just the, if you're if you're an, an agreeable employee, easy to get along with, and you're doing your job with you know average to mediocre success, management likes a person who's not difficult. Maybe they're just easy to deal with. They're yes men. You know, they they've done their job a long time. They're they're nice people. And, uh, but let me, okay, let me just stop you for a second. Let me ask you a question. What's this? How much money are those people making? Well, what's Gregory's at? What five hundred fifty thousand? Because when you when you mention, yeah, Gregory's like at five hundred thousand. The the employee that you're talking about, how much are they making? Are they even? It, it doesn't sound like that person is probably making six figures. I would say maybe fifty grand or seventy grand. Well, that but look, I mean, there's obviously going to be different types lines of work and and pay scale regardless doesn't matter you're in that sphere uh where you know the pay is high and you can still like chess you know how many incompetent people make tons of money i mean that that aside the money part aside i mean there are thousands and thousands of people making really good money that are not deserved of those of of that salary but uh, football coaches have a high-profile job where incompetence is really hard to hide. That that is true. But like, look, man, he, he, they've gotten by for for quite a while now, man. I mean, I, I can't tell you. You you have more insight on some of the 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 inner workings than I do of late. And I mean, look, I don't have a great answer for you. Um, clearly, there's a reason that he's been able to hold that job. And I'm telling you, it might just be the fact that uh, he's agreeable. He's a yes man. Uh, maybe he knows the position well. Uh, granted, he might be not a great recruiter. Um, <laughs> you know, talent has obviously lacked would, would, this would, last year. Would Mario Cristobal hire him? I mean, uh, probably not. I would probably say no. Would Dabo Sweeney hire him? Unlikely. I mean, dude, do not put do not put Cristobal in that. You're saying Cristobal's in that realm of coaches with no. Dabba? He's he's not. I'm just thinking of. I just he he's definitely not. But I'm just think, I'm throwing coaches out there, and I'm thinking of coaches with really high expectations. I'm not sure. saying Cristobal's going to ever reach Oregon's ever going to reach those expectations. But then then what are we? I mean, I'm just asking you as a reasonable person and a and a Husky fan. A rabid Husky fan. How do you feel if Bob Gregory and Keith Bonifar are still on staff? I, I mean, for me, Bob Gregory, it, it's a head scratcher. Bonifar, I mean, what has been his weakest? What do you think? Why do you think he should not have a job? Because you need you, running back is a position. Where a lot of it is natural, bro. I don't think there's a lot of coaching involved in running backs, and it, you, usually on 
on uh, college football staff, big time college staff, the running back coach is a big time recruiter, like a hired gun almost. And Bonifat has not, he, he hasn't in the last two cycles. I mean, yeah, he got Cam Davis, but I mean, that guy, Bajon Robinson, the five star from Arizona, ended up going to Texas. They had the same record as we did. Uh, he came up, I think, to our spring thing, and, you know, we, we did a shitty job recruiting him and selling him. Uh, the, who's the, the very high four-star that Stanford got, I think, the year before? Uh, didn't he go? I think he went to Napoleon. He played for Napoleon Kaufman, and that's another guy we didn't get. I mean, if that was a similar situation, you think Junior Adams at his position could get that guy? You think Scott Huff could get that guy? You think Akaika Malloy could get that guy? I think they high could. profile like four or five star running backs. I mean, there's going to be a lot of competition. I'm not saying that we're not a valid school, but I mean, we've we haven't been necessarily hurting at the running back position. But we can get better. Okay. I mean, I'm we're be- one injury. We're now that Savon is gone, we're one injury next year away from being in trouble. I know that. I, Cam Davis is—he's going to be the guy next year. I know Newton looked better the last game, but um, well, Newton's been—I think Newton's been solid. I think McGrew has done enough to earn—is he a feature full-time running back? No, but I think he offers a plenty in regards to a, a change of pace back. I, I get what you're saying. I'm not—I'm not saying I don't like those guys. I'm just saying—I'm just saying Bonafide had an opportunity in the last two cycles to get big-time talents and completely whiffed. Well, I mean, you know, you're going against Texas. You know, we've lost to Stanford uh, in in other position groups. We lost Weddington. We lost uh, Sorrell. We've lost – who who else am I missing? I mean, there's been other guys we've lost that Bonafide hasn't been responsible for to to Stanford – I mean, I'm not saying he's not... The guy who like, lost Sorrell is not on staff anymore. Well, true. Was that Strausser? Yes, the accountant. Yeah. <laughs> the accountant. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think Gregory's target number one. I, For me, I think Bonifah uh, has... Like, a, a Kaikamo Loy, right? I mean, early on, we a lot of people, a lot of diehards wanted him gone, and look what he's been able to do. I mean, he's completely turned it around. Although this, I mean, this last class was, you know, we haven't gotten any D linemen. So. Yeah, if you, you know, you he, can't. He, he killed it last year, though. But last so year. do you think the fans who want Gregory gone, do you think they're being unreasonable? I don't think so, but I'm not like. But how, do you, how are we? Okay, how are we going to win a national championship with these guys on staff? I mean, what if we replace these guys and. Hired, made better hires, got guys who could recruit, and we had five, you know five guys on staff who were really top notch recruiters. You know, like I, I get it. Like, there's most teams, right? The top tier teams have very few weaknesses. Like that second tier, you're going to have some weaknesses. Um, you know, if if you're able to hit on top flight D linemen, there's a lot of D line talent that we're in line for. You know, our secondary has been solid. We've recruited very well. You know, we did get blown up with some, you know, bizarre things with Cahoe and then injury and and things of that nature that definitely has hurt the linebacking core. 
uh, offensively, like with the talent that we're bringing in, with Heward coming in. I mean, you look at all of that group of players and you think you have a shot to make a run. And that's still with those guys on staff, right? Linebacker is a weakness. They've got to get better at linebacker. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Gregory has got to go. He got nobody this year, completely whiffed. But look, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you about it. I mean, he's going to be here, it looks like. In my mind, like if Lake was going to, you know, make his decisions on coaches, like I think he's done. I mean, the only thing he has left to do is to hire an OC. Well, and a tight end coach. Oh, and a, yeah, right, and a tight end coach. But for the most part, he's not. I guess what I'm trying to get to, or what I'm trying to say, is that he's he's done his fires, right? Why why would he? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he, it's yeah. I wouldn't bet on it, but it's still possible. I guess it's still possible. But why wouldn't you? There was that guy who got fired. The uh, director of player personnel. He got fired a couple of days ago. Cooper Patanga. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. Yeah, I know. Whatever, but yeah, I okay. Fair. I, I just with, possible. I, I just I think, think if we don't, unlike, I think it's unlikely right now. I just think Jimmy not firing Gregory. That's a huge red flag. <laughs> that's a red flag for Jimmy. That's why I'm losing. I'm losing Dude, confidence. You, look, man. You know when you want to start losing confidence is like. Let him get through a season. Let him get through a season. We just did. Is I mean, you're, ta- you're talking coach? about Lake. I'm talking about Gregory. Well, we let Gregory get through a season. Now it's time for him well, to he's, go. Gregory's been through many seasons, man. He's a disaster. He, he needs well, to go. I, dude, you guys are obsessed. I'm sorry. There's a few. You're obsessed with Gregory on the team. Like, dude, you're going to have to own it and understand that. As of right now, it doesn't look like he is going anywhere. So it sounds like you're just more even keel about what's going on. Well, what are we gonna do about it, man? It's like I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not happy about it. Like you have to say though, our special teams has gotten better. Yeah, but our linebackers were a total disaster. No, I, I get. Well, I mean, I guess the thing of it is, is... Our special teams got better, and then as bad as our special teams were in 2018, that's how bad our linebacking was Listen, this year. listen, dude. I mean, we... Like, when we... Look, the reason we started the podcast is that because all those dudes out there, like, thinking that Sark, like, brought us back to respectability and thought he was a good coach, like, we're like, look, I mean, we got to call a spade a spade. Like, we've been harping on, like, things over and over for years. And, like, there are serious red flags, not just from, like, a coaching perspective, but the program as a whole. And this is where, like, the Twitter wars get that peop- that that the dude nation is that people like you and I and, and Coker and Dennis and Sub-K and that ilk, so to speak, that the expectations are ridiculous. But, like... When you are a half a billion dollar athletic department, like a foot, you're a money machine. You can't get like proper marketing. You can't get fans to fill the stadium anymore. Uh, I mean, your game day experience is poor. Your Adidas contract at this moment in time is a total joke. You just took the money. Um, I mean, look, 
I love Peterson, and I'm glad he was here. But he he won during a pretty down year or down stretch for Pac-12 football, and Washington got smoked in New York's New York's New Year's. Jeez, I can't even talk. New Year's six. New Year's six. Obviously, you know there was there was some opportunity to make a better game out of the Alabama game than it was. Because um, they didn't you know, run out so, the clock at the end of the second quarter. Uh, yeah, we and can't you even called me from you called me from the game at halftime. We both had the same reaction. Yeah, look, we cannot go down that road. Right. That no, but Jim, Jim I, I mean, I don't mean to cut so you off, but okay, go like, ahead. Uh, the the thing of it is, like, you know, maybe this is just they're content with where things are. You know, they are still making money. they're still making money. They're paying off their debt on the stadium. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like, but but my my point is, you said like a half you know half billion dollar corporation. Then why not? Given that, it should be easy to find some top notch replacements for those who need to go. <sighs> no, I, I, where you were about to say maybe they're they're just happy with the way things are, and then you know, but that's why we still have to do this podcast. We have to inform fans to say, look, we can do a lot better. But the thing that is just like the bulk, like the majority of the fan base, I don't think they're like the rabid dog fan anymore. Yeah, the it's old guard died. Like the old, the old yeah. guard died off. It's not the same. I mean, look, look at the student section. I mean, granted, it kind of sucks to be in the bowl. It's not great. I mean, you got to watch a majority of the game on the big screen that faces you. Um, you know, that 50-yard line seat, that that was intriguing for students. Like, give them a little bit better seat. I don't know. I, I, so I don't, just, you're just resigned to the fact that we're going to be a second-rate program. I mean, but maybe – I mean, look, there is a stretch right now of talent that you have to capture. We've gotten a great class. You know, we get the lineman from – the D lineman from Eastside Catholic – uh, you get some of this other wide receiver talent in state, some other D line talent. I mean, you have an opportunity to make a serious run, and that's why we need to go full forward and continue to recruit like crazy and improve the weaknesses in our program. And, and so, are you not happy with the recruiting as it stands now? I mean, I think it's fine, but I think it could get better. I mean, what what, what do we have? Forty four. Uh, four stars in the program, Most probably the something like that. I'm just, I'm just. I mean, apparently we're. I don't know if you know. I'd have to look at my text chat, but there's still concern that you know we're using our resources in Texas and other places rather than focusing on California. I'm just at this point. I'm concerned. Jimmy is Pete Light. Like a couple weeks ago, I was thinking. He'll take the good parts of Pete, and he'll be he'll make us more of a fast strategy program. And on, I mean, that will remain to be seen. Obviously, this is could be a premature reaction, but I'm just concerned he's Pete Light. And Jimmy, if he's Pete Light, that's without the track record, without the organizational skills and management skills. And you know, you were talking about the athletic department. I'm just, and now that you know. I, now with Peterson gone, and you have Lake, who's a young first-time head coach, I, I just think it's amateur hour over there. To be honest, um, I mean, what do you? I mean, like, really, like, what are you? 
basing that on like it's been a month it's not even been a month has it month not even a month. He's only interviewed two people to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, we'll see what. You don't what... know that for 100%. You don't know that for a fact. That's true. But, I mean, we'll, we will see what happens. But I, I just think it's re- at this point. I have it's... to make the hire. Okay. It, like... But it's it's reasonable to be concerned, and it's reasonable to give him a chance and let it play out. I'm just saying there's both. But there's other reasons why I'm concerned, which I alluded to earlier. Keeping the coaches. You know, and with with the athletic department, I don't. One, I don't talk about two coaches. I think I think there's an argument for Bonifa to still be here. There's not an argument for for Gregory. So right now you got one coach. That that's grossly, you know, overstepped the downs bounds of being employed. You could say Bonifa is on on the on the edge. Well, if yeah, I mean if. If if we can only fire one, then it would be Gregory at this point, right? Although Dennis would disagree, he 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 prefers otherwise. But you know, I'll let him speak to that in another podcast. Um, no, it's it's good banter, brother. Look, I, 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 I just I'm just worried we're not going to capitalize on what you talked about, and I look at Oregon for example, and. Cristobal is going to do everything he can to try and win them a national championship. Yeah. That's, I mean, look, that's they're fair. interviewing basically the top two OC candidates that are out there right now. The guy from Tulane, the guy Moorhead, the guy Moorhead, uh, he was at Penn state. They were a really good offense. That guy would be a really good hire. I mean, if he goes to Oregon, that's not good for us. And, you know, hopefully we can enter. We hopefully we can get one of those guys. I don't know. Maybe Helfrich would be good, uh, but uh, you know, g- getting T. Martin or having Junior Adams, you know, be like the co-coordinator, uh, that would not. You know what be... else sucks, Jess, is that Oregon has more rabid fans than Washington. Does. Yes, yes, that does. Well, who they do? That's you know that. <laughs> I mean that. That's not good as a Husky fan, as a diehard fan. I mean, they have a more rabid hungrier fan base than Washington does. I mean, seriously, it's like, oh, you know, like, we're great. You know, we had to, you know, Pete. Look, I love Pete. He's a great man. I would have loved to play for Pete. I would love to work for Pete. I mean, it'd be probably super challenging, but you'd come out the other side a better person. So I'm not here to badmouth Peterson in any stretch. But, I mean, it's the nice guy talk, and, you know, you can't replace a guy like that. And those are all fair statements. But, look, anybody, they want to see if you're a diehard Husky fan, you've been watching since a kid or, you know, as a teenager, whatever. You want to see him hoist up a national champion trophy, and you want to see him play in the top four. And, you know, that takes enormous commitment in every area of the program. And so if you want that, you're going to have to expect the highest of expectations, right? Like to only see that happen, you have to do everything in your power in recruiting in marketing, social media, you know, coaching scheme, all of those things, uniform game day experience, all those things matter. Like just like Coker and Dennis say, but so yeah, we we're not seeing every angle of that being at top level. That's just that's true. We're not. 
Well, and then so isn't it reasonable for some fans to be very concerned? No, people are people the, are saying the, like Dennis and stuff. Bulk, but there's a bulk that don't see it that way. But then what, average, what do we do about that? There's nothing to be done, dude. Look at man. It's our culture. It's where we've declined in a many areas. You know, like it, it, you could have people have argument. There's much more things to worry about than a football program. And especially being in the Northwest and being in an as liberal city as Seattle, people have not seen football. I mean, look at the Seahawks, though. You know, yeah, look, this, look the Seahawks, our- they have a rabid fan base. I mean, if they have a rabid fan base, we should have a rabid fan base. I Isn't that the responsibility of the school and the athletic department to cultivate more passion Something, from the yeah. fans? Well, look, I mean, I think there's – uh, many things like obviously the cost is it's an, it's expensive for college football. I mean that's just true. The the E one parking lot situation is you know if you're from the old ilk, the old guard, like you like to say, that experience of getting in the parking lot doing like you feel shit on. I mean, there's still a good you know committed crowd that that goes in that parking lot, but that's a miserable experience. Um. You know, yeah, there has been areas that have just. It just. I'm sorry to cut you, you off. A, it just seems like they're not football. You had a, a long stretch of losing football, but you know that that, that was like ten years ago. Yeah. That was that was like ten years ago. Right, and but you know, <laughs> there were some fans though. T- you remember that some fans saying they would never follow football like they did during after the Tyrone era and the way that. That Emmert and those guys acted. I mean, there was a lot of people that you, you remember all those op-ed articles in the paper and all the calls going into to KJR about how fans would never, you know, come back to Washington football like they did, especially after they gave them another year and went zero and twelve. Now, look, like you said, that was ten years ago. Most people come back, but you know, that, that was a you. You also had a younger generation that watched a lot of loser football, and you might not just have the – you didn't create that passion because you didn't have all that dominant winning. I, I'm, I'm just coming up with thoughts I, here. No, I, I, yeah, I know, but I'm still I'm, – I understand what you're saying. I know that there's challenges, but nevertheless, there are still things that can be done by those in charge to at least improve the situation. It just seems to me – that they're not doing anything. I hear Jen Cohen in interviews, and it's just lip service. And I just, I don't think. Well, I told you that from day one. I, I don't, you know, and I have talked to people who've dealt I with her. I told you and, that from day one. Did I not tell you? Like, everyone was so jacked about the Cohen art because she supposedly hired people. I told you that the, Co- the Cohen thing, the, the hero worship is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's totally ridiculous, and I know it's not like. You know, and I talked to someone today, and they said, you know, criticizing her is hard because you're, in this era, you're going to be looked at as sexist and misogynist. And I have been called sexist on Twitter a couple times. Um, it's it's, it's nothing. Look, it, Jimmy, it's it's nothing personal. I mean, I want her to be the best AD, but I, I have nothing against her. What I have is people who are worshiping her on Twitter and softy. And that is, it's so not, it's not, it, that's what, piss, and, and, and that is, that's what, because she's a woman. That's what pisses me off. I mean, that hero, that hero worship. That's what pisses me off so much. And it reminds me of the Sark hero worship. 
Yeah, I mean, that was just over the top. I mean, yeah, granted, yeah, Washington played LSU tough out of the gate that year. I remember. We were all there. It was fun. No, but people, even in Sark's second or third year, people were still, they were still making the same excuses. You know, no. oh, well, he inherited an 0-12 team and blah, blah, blah. I and, mean, that, that line of 0-12, that, that, I mean, there's people that would probably still use that line right now. As someone tweeted about it, actually, they made a mistake. It was, I think, it was a month ago, but someone did tweet about it. It was pretty funny. It's probably uh, someone from Duke, man. But I just, I mean, what what we need, I it's it's hard to track these things. I know what you're saying. A lot of things we can't see. But Jimmy, I'm just concerned. You know, we we have a lot of talent that's going to be coming in. And I want to see us do everything we can to, to try and what win if, a national okay, championship. Okay, let me ask you this. I just, I don't, I don't, and I don't think, you know, I don't think we are going down that path of really trying to do everything, the commitment, everything you're talking about. I just don't see it. And you're basically validating my fears, all the things that you're saying. Well, what if, what if Lake hits a home run, hits a grand slam with the, with the OC hire? Then what? What are you going to say then? Fantastic. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with with the defense and the recruiting. You know, we'll see what happens next year. I'm, uh, I, I mean, look, you, we can let it play out, but I just, I, I think it's reasonable to be concerned at this point. Peterson leaving may have left a massive void, not only in the football program but in the whole athletic department. I mean, you, you, you said it. You started relying. Yeah, you said it. They were relying on him like crazy. They were. I mean, I think he mentored Cohen. Uh, he had a lot of influence. Uh, I'm I'm certain of it. Um, you know, it. You you could say that Jimmy could be a little fish out of water to start, but you know, we'll see. I mean, he's going to obviously have access to Peterson when needed. Um, but yeah, it's a big deal to just to hand over the keys. But I mean, Jimmy's been with what Pete. Eight years total, six at Washington, the last six. So, I mean, he's got a lot of seasoning, there's no doubt. I feel like uh, he's been with Pete longer than that. Yeah, I think it was eight years total in coaching, last six at Washington. I think he had a couple years at Boise State, and then he moved around after that, if I recall. Since 2012. So it looks like you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it was, but I, I mean, right? I mean, we don't know. Um, I personally, I, I would like to see an offensive coordinator before spring ball, which is frankly like what three months away? Not even now, just short of three months. So I, they need they need an offensive coordinator in house in you know. I think you can't go to February. <laughs> then you're probably looking at a Junior Adams scenario. Well, not necessarily. I mean, there's st- the end of the recruiting class is, what, the first week of February? You could still see coaching changes after that. But when Strasser, he got, he got fired or pushed out. That was like after February, wasn't it? I don't remember. I, I don't have that good a memory. Um I, I don't want to see him wait that long. I just want uh, to see Gregory gone. Jeez, dude. <laughs> He's got to go. 
Man, like if if someone took a shot every time he said Gregory's got to go, I mean, there'd be like sway wasted, man. <laughs> or D- Dennis wasted. Yeah, yelling I mean, and yelling and screaming during the podcast. I yeah, then for sure. I yeah, I no. This this is cathartic, dude. But I'm just I'm just worried. <laughs> I'm no. I'm I'm seriously worried. I'm a little concerned. I just I want us to maximize our potential over the coming years. Every I mean every diehard wants that, right? And the only way, the only way is that you stop giving money, you don't go to games, you don't get season tickets. You know that that's where things you know will make the move, but that's like that's not realistic. That's not going to happen. I mean that's how you make your you know your voice heard, right? It's like stop shelling out the cash. Yeah, that's really only what the AD cares about, honestly, that's, is money. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, without a doubt. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, give it some time, buddy. You know, c- coaches matter. Great players matter. Obviously, you got to get great talent. It's hyper competitive. There's so many components now uh, to recruiting and everything that's involved. I'm sure that's why another reason Pete, you know, was ready to be done. Free agency in college football. Yeah, the portal. Uh, I mean, other things, other rules that are going to come, you know, down the pike. I mean, it's. I want to see. I want to see us. Go for the number one class next year. Well, in all your concerns and everything we discussed, like we could say, you know, with some, with some confidence that probably not going to happen. Yeah, but we could. That's why I'm saying go for the number one class, and then we could get the number three or four class. <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, all those things sound great. I didn't say that last year. I, I mean, I didn't say that for this year or the year before. It just has to do with what's available to us and what's a reasonable expectation. Nobody is saying we have to be like Clemson. I'm just saying let's try and try really hard to be the best we can be. But people who are saying, oh, we'll sure. never be that. I mean, Clemson was not that, Clemson you- was nothing five or ten years ago or ten years ago. If you said that to 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 Jimmy's face, like look, say say it to his face, you know. Look, I want you to try your hardest and do whatever you can to win. Please do that. What do you think? Like, what is he gonna say? Okay, I think uh, I think we can give that a shot. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Chest. Uh, Thanks. I um, wasn't, but thanks to you, now I am going to try really hard. You've completely changed my mind. I, I think I do now want to do everything possible to win. I mean, I'm just saying, like, what do you think in his mind? He's like, you know, eh, you know, I got the job. I don't want to do great things. So on a scale of zero to 100%, what percent of sub K's concerns do you share? I mean, I haven't seen all of the tweets. Um, I mean, I think I don't. I, I mean, I feel like he's not being unreasonable, and I think he makes fair points. And I think what happens is that people don't like consistent negativity. But if you have consistent positivity all the time, like 
you you won't improve, right? Like you got to have a mixture of both. You got to have some things like, hey, this isn't working. I'm not happy about it. But if you position it in in a way that you know comes off negative and whiny, and I'm not saying Sub K is being whiny. I'm just saying people when you deliver negativity, like they don't want to hear it necessarily in that context. Would be right. what I'm saying. But if you're overly positive all the time, and I think you know. This is where, like, for instance, Pete in Carol's philosophy, you know, sometimes some of it, you know, like they miss the details. He doesn't think penalties are really important. Like you got to have that mixture, right? Like, like a realistic, like this shit isn't working. Like this isn't going to work. And like, but this is working. Like for me, I think sub K's concerns and worries uh, are reasonable some of his stuff is a little cryptic, which I don't necessarily – I can't follow exactly what he's passing on in regards to some of his opinions and what it necessarily means and, like, what he's holding back necessarily. But I, I frankly don't have an issue with Sub-K, but people that that don't like to hear negativity, I could understand why they would be a little irritated. But for me, like I, I, I hear his concerns, and I, they don't seem unrealistic to me. I mean, we've been watching Husky football a long time, right? Uh, and look, we we haven't. We've only gotten to the promise. We've gotten really close to the promised land in the last twenty years. Like what? Twice? I mean, if Washington doesn't lose to Oregon in Tui's senior year, they're in the championship. You know, they're playing Florida State or Oklahoma. I think it was Oklahoma. Right. Because they would have they would have been picked over Florida State if they went undefeated. And then you have if, 2016. If, yeah, if Mathis and Victor don't get hurt, maybe, yeah, we're the, maybe we go undefeated and we're the number two seed. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying we've seen – we've been close to the promised land twice. I just think we're in we're in position to get there and in, the, I, I, in the coming you said years. That loud and clear, loud and clear. I'm with you, but like influencing and having any impact, like it's impossible to make that that uh, like you could scream for like who knows how much they read Twitter, what at UW Athletics or Jen Cohen and how much they're actually you know they don't care about any of that stuff, man. Well, not the athletic. De- I mean, that's why somebody said, you know, why don't you tweet this at the athletic department? It's because they don't care. You know, they, they don't care that uh, some football assistant coach is liking tweets about how a college education is a waste and he's liking borderline racist political tweets. That can be used against us and recruit. I mean, that's a whole other thing. We don't even have any social media strategy. You look at you know, uh, Mrs. Chess was talking about it on Instagram. Oregon is huge on Instagram. We have nothing, nothing. Now, I think, look, and now, Jimmy, I know that we we make fun of social media, but I know that you will tell us it matters. It's a it's a way for branding and messaging. I'm not I'm not going to get into how I know this, and but you can find this data. It's out there. In particular, athletic programs in in verticals of sport. Like, 
when you look at stats and statistics around social media and interaction, like it is with certainty. This is not conjecture. This is not made up. Like social media, 100% has a massive influence uh, on your perception of a school. All of those things are huge. Uh, recruits coming to your school, how they position even videos of a visit. Like, bro, you don't even know. Like, when when recruits come to the campus, like, there are schools that literally shoot an entire day of their visit, and then they give, they send them the entire video uh, of the recruiting visit and everything that they did, highlighting it. Like, they have crews. Like, there are some schools' budget around social media and videography that would blow your freaking mind. And I can guarantee you that Washington is not even the same stratosphere as the bulk of the top-tier schools. So there is so much data and statistics on social media and the influence in recruiting. It's unreal, without a doubt. And, and, and to the people that say, like, that guy, Crosby, who's liking that, that stuff, they'll say, that's cancel culture, man. That's a... Uh, that's like you dude you're you're infringing on his personal you know stuff like guess what man it doesn't matter it's social media everything will be twisted against you that's the thing like okay you want to go be your own person and you want to like that stuff that's fine but you will pay a consequence in social media that's how this whole thing works like don't be so stupid and there's probably employment contracts that say if you you know if you do something or favor something objectionable you can get fired for that Look, he only, they probably have that at other schools one but. particular tweet <laughs> i mean for something to go viral it was yeah but and but but jimmy that like okay two things number one like i think we're the most profitable athletic department in the conference at least in the last year and so so we have the money uh to not only uh, pay a shitload for coaches but also to do the stuff you're talking about with video videography and promotion. Uh, but secondly, it's not only do we not have a social media strategy, but we have things like this. Like we just said, the guy Crosby liking tweets that can be used against us. And then one of the employees last year, Rachel Doyle having, you know, go ducks on her profile. I mean, this is who is, who, who, who is, who is in charge of this? Who is letting this happen? And that's not even, you know, you don't even care about what you're doing. Like if you're if you're in the Washington department and you're an employee for the football program, dude, you're not having go ducks on your social media. That's ridiculous. Oh, that just says that's just a job, right? You're just looking at that as like a job. You're not committed to your job. It's just a job. It's just it's really disheartening, man. Well, I mean, what what the optimists would do, Chess, would, would, would look at the positives, right? Instead of it accentuating the negatives, either any po- – we'll end on this and then get to some questions and close it out. Are there any positives you would like to share with the listener? We might only have one right now. Uh, well, yeah, there's a couple positives. Uh, it, I mean, it's been a shitty offseason so far, but all the guys on defense are coming back. Uh, we should be really good on defense next year. We, you know, we have a chance to be 
Um, is I don't know if we're going to be as good as we were in the middle of 2016 before Azeem and Mathis got hurt. I don't know if we can be that lights out, but the defense should be top 10 nationally again. So that's good. Um, you know, our talent level is increasing and, you know, the next recruiting class has a chance to be the best class we've ever had. So that's good. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's good. That's and good. the other, if you want to be an optimist, we still have a chance to make some great hires. It hasn't happened yet, but if you want to, <laughs> if you want to have some faith, you can have, if you want to have, I'm not going to say blind faith, but if you want to have a little bit of faith, there's that on the horizon. Possibly. Good. That's good, buddy. Let, you know, that's good. I, I'm glad to hear you say those things. No, we got, we got to look at everything. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there are some positives. I mean, it it, it was tough to see some of the uh, the decisions made to leave, um, but you know, I, we we went over the reasons why Eason would leave, and I think they're they're fair they're fair uh, reasons for him to consider. You know, um, a new offensive line, new offensive coordinator. You know, the season didn't go all that well. He's going to be able to go make a ton of money. Um, you know, he probably wasn't – who knows if he loved school or not. But yeah, the, the the splitting his reps with Hayner and then yeah. playing Aaron Fuller and Bocelli definitely didn't help. <laughs> I mean, he's ready for a new challenge, right? Um, so, I mean, not so, a shocking decision, but obviously would have liked to have seen him stay. It's just a disaster of a year. I mean, in, in, in my mind, yeah, I mean, really, if you look at, if you think about all of the components of last year, it's probably one of the hardest years. Nin- know, since I mean, 1997. I mean, it was pretty rough. I mean, look, you had a checked out coach. You had guys playing on the field that shouldn't have been on the field. You had other people you could have played. You had a quarterback who, you know, was probably knowing he was going to leave all year long. Uh, probably the biggest throwaway year we can we can recall, especially with all the all the components uh, that were there on both sides of the ball, and then experiencing you know a loss to Oregon and Utah. You know, Utah just getting just their ass kicked at the end of the year. And, you know, frankly, Oregon, I mean, gifted four turnovers against Wisconsin, wins by one. They finally figure out not to have Herbert throw the ball when it matters. Instead, just run, have him run the ball. And they get to they get to play the third best Big Ten team. Yeah, I mean. I, just, it, I was hoping they would lose by, you know, like uh, six points or seven points. And then we could have tweeted that uh, you guys lost to a – were, you know, by more to a worse team than we did. Yeah, I mean, the the Duck fans are so pathetic. I mean, I'm sorry, but they they are really. I mean, they are diehard and they're rabid, but they're absurd. Yeah. I mean, we we could send, save that for another pod, but they're they're just like Chris the Ball. I'm sorry, but that guy is just not a good person. Uh, their their fan base is. Truly, like, just ridiculous. But, you know, it keeps the rivalry fun, and 
it's good to have a heated rivalry but in it, sports. It's not going to be fun if we're on the bottom of it. Well, you know, year over year, that's absolutely right. That That's absolutely true. Uh, let's get into some questions quickly. Okay, yeah, Thought, yeah. thoughts on Lake UW being caught with pants down on putting all their eggs in for Kellen Moore as OC. I, I mean, I think that probably things were trending well. I don't know if all their eggs were in that basket. Like, again, I know we think there's only two formal interviews, but we don't know what other discussions were had or what. I mean, obviously, if he was the leaning candidate and that's the guy they wanted, then you go all in. That's my opinion. And I think it would. I think it would have been – you know what Dennis has said, which I agree with, is it would have been a, a a very good hire because it you know you're taking the number one or the coordinator from the number one offense in the NFL. It was number two in Football Outsiders, so I don't. I, I mean, I was for the hire. You know, the only you know if you want to get uh, nitpicky about it, it was again the Boise State tree and all that stuff. But yeah, emotionally, that's kind of I think what turned people off. Yeah, but um, look. It, we just have to wait and see what happens. You know, it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, next question. What is the likelihood we take a QB from the transfer portal? You said nil. Uh, DDY is saying he thinks that we're going after some. So we'll see what happens. I mean, if we get somebody, then Sermon might peace out like he almost well, did last well, year. Here's my thing. Like, okay, you bring in a guy for one year, you're going to rent a quarterback again. I, I mean – you're not going to bring in, you know, a guy with eligibility with Heward coming in next year. I mean, right now, the thought is, is Heward's going to be your – I think Heward starts right away. So you think he's ready to he, – he's better than Sermon? Uh, Heward? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I yeah, – Heward is better than Sermon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if, he's, if they really think he's ready to go day one, then – we might just have to, depending on who we could get, then unfortunately that just, you know, we will we will have not been fair to Jacob Sermon, but, you know. Oh, that, man, if you go after a one-year quarterback, I mean. That, I guess, look, that, but, I mean, if you can get, like, Costello, I'm not saying we're going to get any of these guys. Costello's but, good. Does he, is he blow your mind good? I mean, is he, like. I mean, he's, he's good. He was, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good, but I mean, it, would you would you be through the moon if we got Costello? Would you? Would your whole perception of the year change if he's healthy and the coaches think that he can play like he did, not this year but the year before? Then yeah, I would think he would be a good hire and he would give us a shot or a good a good get. Yeah, I think it would be a good get. And if you have to sacrifice Jacob Sermon, then I guess that's what you have to do. All right. I mean, I mean personally, I kind of feel bad for Sermon. So, you know, I personally, I'm just we only hoping seen, that. We only saw Sermon make one throw in a regular season game, and it was a great throw on the run. It was impressive. He's got a big arm. Yeah. He's I mean, not I, like he got shitty offers. He was a four star quarterback at a high school and had Michigan. Yeah. Washington State, Washington, a few other schools. He had a couple other big schools. And I'm not saying Washington was a big offer, but, you know, he probably would have gone there and thrown a ball, you know, for a shitload of yards, that's all. 
Right. Okay, next question. How much would be criticized if Skinny would have decided to stay? Like, would he leave anyways once he saw this OC search and lack of effort from the AD entire department to look like a program that wants to win multiple CFPs? That's from Sub-K. Did you get any of that? No. Okay. How much would be criticized if Skinny would have decided to stay? Like, would he leave anyways once he saw this OC search and lack of effort from the entire athletic department to look like a program that wants to win multiple CFPs? Like, he he had said he was going to stay, and then he decided to leave. Yeah, then, I mean, I think that would be a huge, very troubling. I mean, yeah, I just, I think... it. Looks like it was a decision that he was going to make regardless. So, I mean, I don't know that people just have that emotional connection with Eason to where, you know, it would have been people would have looked at it that way. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't have a great answer for that. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking from the perspective of the average fan, like you said before, they probably don't really care that much. I mean, do you have an emotional connection, Jacob Eason? I have an emotional connection to winning, and therefore, <laughs> I think I think having Eason on the team next year, I think our ceil- our ceiling would have been as a playoff team. I mean, yeah, could have been. I, I mean, mean, you saw you better. saw how the O line looked against Boise. I know it's just Boise, but. You know, Kern and Bainavalu, they were they were moving guys pretty well. Yeah, I mean they they they, they played pretty well. They did. I, I mean, it's disappointing not to see him be quarterback and throw to the guys he should have been throwing to all along. <laughs> but we yeah, we don't need to. It's over and done yeah, with. We don't need to go down that hole again. Uh, okay, next question. How bummed are you that you will never see a Leach versus Lake Apple Cup? I'm more bummed that Bob Gregory is still on staff. Okay. Take another shot. I mean, Leach would have never beaten Washington. I mean, yeah, now now they, you know, Washington State's going to have a shot to win because they'll, you know, probably decide to to bring an offense where it's a little bit more unpredictable. He did beat um he remember he beat Sark in two thousand twelve. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. So five times. Yeah. Or six, yeah, six thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, six was that six times? Well, I mean it wasn't one of them against seven. He lost seven times. Yeah, but you're saying one was against Sark, right? He was one and seven in Apple Cups. Yeah, I mean, I mean Washington State, we've dominated them. You know the or, the, the real look. Coug fans hate Husky fans way more than Husky fans hate Cougs. I mean, it's Oregon, Washington. So I mean, I don't care. I don't care, dude. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm over it. Leach is gone. Bring on the new guy to lose six in a row. Yeah, there's a – remember Jeff Choate, our D-line coach? Yeah, I do remember Yeah, that someone guy. was tweeting about he could be a candidate. For the – Wazoo w- job, yeah. Well, 
If he gets high, if he gets hired, maybe he could take some of our coaches with him. Well, we, dude, you're killing me. All right, next question. You're still going to be dead after this. What is a possible justification for keeping Bob Gregory? And you already pointed you already pointed to this early in in our show, talking about he's a good guy, doesn't ruffle any feathers, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Mm-hmm. Can you? pontificate on that just a tad bit more. talked about Gregory all freaking night, dude. I'm over that topic. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, just earlier in the pod, we talked about it. Next question. Why does the entire UW athletic department refuse to push the university's brand and market itself appropriately? Jimmy, my quick answer would be because they don't have to. There's no threat to their job or jobs. Yeah. They probably don't have this. Well, didn't it? Wasn't it? Pete just said to Jen mentioned that Pete pushed them to think bigger about the program and how they never thought that way uh, before that. So, like, I don't know if winning a national championship and doing everything that is necessary is something they truly want to commit to. So, I mean. That's where we are. That's where we are. You know, we're content with, you know, eight to nine, you know, eight, nine wins and then a 10, 11 game win season on occasion. And, you know, if it's a good year, they might have a shot at the, the playoff. But let's, you know, let's keep it there. But you're not content about all that. Dude. <laughs> oh. I mean, I. I the pain that I take of, you know, committing a lot of time to <laughs> the game and to the university and time and money spent. No, I'm not. Dude, I want to see them win a national championship. I want to go to a national title game with Washington in it. That electricity, that excitement, that is... You know, that that even though they lost Alabama and, you know, we had some stretches, that energy and electricity in that stadium, man, that is what you live for. Moments like that. I want to go to a national championship game. Did you go to the 92 Rose Bowl? Uh, I only went to the – no, I did not. I went to the uh, Tui Rose Bowl. Oh. Why? Well, I was just... I was pretty young in 92. And that, that was a de facto national championship game. Yeah, I was not there. I was... I just was, was going to ask you to compare the uh, environment, but... Well, yeah, I was pretty young. I, You know, I, I wasn't able to, to get myself there to the game. But I was at the 2000 Rose Bowl. That was incredible. Uh, that energy... And that stadium, that was a packed stadium. That whole Rose Bowl was full. That was amazing. You know, Curtis Williams was up in the the booth there, present for that game. That was... Uh, this one's for you, baby. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. That was phenomenal. That was a great, great day. So I, I want to repeat that experience. And you want to repeat going to the 2016 playoff game, but getting a win. 
Well, yeah, right. Going to two games, absolutely. Is there any reasonable explanation for why we are yet to hire an offensive coordinator? They haven't found their guy. Or they targeted a few people they don't want to be here. I think the explanation is Lashley was our backup, and we were going to hire more, and he chose to stay in Dallas, and Lashley decided to go to Miami. So they'll work it out. They'll work it out. I hope you're right. I am right. What else we got? What would be your reaction if Kellen Moore took the OC job? Uh, yeah, uh, that's... Well, we would have been... I think we would have been happy. I, I don't think there would have been much complaining. He's a big name in the NFL coaching world, so it would have... Yeah, it, it it's it great. It would have looked like a big dick hire and not a small-time thing. Absolutely. It would have been absolutely a hire that would have been highlighted nationally. But sure. I, that's not to say that small-time hires cannot turn out really good. I mean, Chip Kelly, for example, uh, you know, other guy, the Mike Gundy, I think he hired one or two guys at certain points that were small time basically i mean if you find a really really good candidate from a smaller school then you know that that can be uh that can work it doesn't it doesn't have to be a big name for the sake of being a big name that's right what does coach lake mean by saying you double be attacking on offense oh i think that the you know they'll make the defense dictate to what they're doing and um they're going to push the ball downfield and, and uh, make the defense pay. I, I think we are an offense that allowed the defense to dictate what we were going to do, and I don't think that's going to be uh, the philosophy that, that holds moving forward. Right. Right. Sorry, did you say that again? I just lost my... I think we had one more question. I was just clicking through. Say what again? Just give me, like, the cliff notes on what you just said. Look, we're not going to allow the defense to dictate what we do offensively. It's going to be the other way around. We're going to force the defense to uh, react to what we're doing. I'm not going to worry about what they're doing. All right, looks like we have one last question. Who would you like to replace Leach? Do you know what my answer is, Jimmy? Who? Bob Gregory. Greg, yeah, Gregory, <laughs> sure. Well, you never know, man. Maybe your dreams will come true, buddy. <laughs> oh, man, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about your mental well-being. My, what mental well-being, my mental well-being is fine. Okay, well, Gregory has got you... As you spinning. I just, I want to do the best we can and just recruit the shit out of the 21 class. Yeah, I'm with I, you. I just, I don't want like a soft cock, like number nine class. I mean, Jimmy, you know, and the listeners know, I'm a data guy. I look through the data. You know, I'm SRS guy, whatever. And looking at the recruits that we have in our class and hearing that, you know, we could, we have very well could get four or five star guys. Mm -hmm. You have yep. that to begin the class. 
that puts us in position to have a amazing class, like easily a top five class. So I want to get after it. I just I, I don't want to see some soft cockery on that. Like let's get a fucking amazing class. Well, I, I think there's they're gonna get an amazing class. Don't worry. If they don't, then we then we can you know really worry about it. But I think you got to give Lake a little bit of time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, speaking of time, how about Mike? There's Hobbit? gonna be plenty of time to hate him. <coughs> yeah, speaking of time. Uh, how about Mike Hopkins? Really bad loss today. Blew a 12-point lead with 12 minutes left. Quade Green, the five-star transfer. He's academically ineligible now. Yeah. Um, you know, our two best players are probably going pro after this year. That's not, you know, that that's not, look, a year from now, that's not, that thumbs up for Cohen is probably going to be sideways. <laughs> well, you love Hop. You love the Hop, and you loved the hire, and now you're, slightly tipping the scales the other direction. Is that what I'm understanding? Um, I still love Hop, and I, I definitely – I'm not saying we should fire him. I'm just saying that – I mean, I think it was a great hire by Cohen. But, you know, our buddy, Metric Superiority Guy, when we had him on, I think once or twice, he pointed out, like, he was a good hire, but, you know, the team hasn't really been that great yet. And – if you look at the roster for next year... They've had a few good wins, right? They've had some good wins. They have. But if you look at the roster for next year, assuming we lose both these guys to the NBA, uh, you know, we could be a bad team next year. Yeah. And, yeah. And then what? Then what, Chess? Then what? I don't know. What are you going to do? Nothing. I'll find something else to bitch about. How about that? <laughs> well, if Junior Adams is the uh, offense coordinator, I'm done with the podcast. It's over. <laughs> along I'm with along, looking. but it would be with T. Martin. At least T. Martin can recruit dude, like a mofo. Talking about T. Martin and freaking no way, dude. Hey, at least we're going after grad transfers. I actually like that. That's a good thing, Jimmy. That's another positive. But could we do it? Could could we have done that? Like. A year back at inside linebacker, like we you you can get grad transfers in other positions. Yeah, I mean, all right, man. I thought we were going to keep this short. We we both said forty five minutes, but now we're up to seventy minutes. Well, let's let's close her down. All right, sounds good. Any final words? Have some faith, buddy. We'll get there. We'll get there. If if it if it's bad. Then we'll we'll cover it, and you know we'll take we'll we'll take it in the stride, and we'll help everyone cope. Very well. On that note, we will talk to you guys again soon, and look for a roundtable coming up in the next week. Adios, dog fans.